Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, welcome back to OzBiz. Great to have your company for the next hour. This is a program called The Call, where we look at 10 stocks that you've suggested we uh, take a look at and we put it to an expert panel. And uh, we've got the, certainly the A-team today. Jumbay Lu from Tribeca joins us. Jumbay, how are you? I'm very good. To good. See you. Great to be here. Interesting market at the moment, is Absolutely. It? Really exciting market. Great for stock pickers. Yeah, good for stock pickers. And that's what we do in this hour. And Adam Dawes from Shaw. Yes. How are you going? Very well. Very right. well. Big week. It was a massive week this week and still going. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's All the definitely. signs look pretty good. Yeah, look, 7,000. I think, you know, we're going to do some more work around here, but it's a really positive sign. Yeah. Even yesterday where we sort of really dipped lower, but then was bought up in the right. afternoon. I think that's right. a real positive sign for our market. Okay. We're going to get into your 10 stocks and also the stock of the day very shortly, but we've had a couple of viewers uh, email in today. Very, and you know, we had very dedicated uh, audience here. Wanting your view on UX which both of you were pretty keen on yes, um, recently and sort of tanked. And I think it actually went into you, the uh, the Ausbiz portfolio, portfolio on my and another co-host's recommendations. Right. Jumbo, you weren't there that week. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm off the hook. Yeah, you're off the hook. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting that they've now obviously come out to the market and basically said that their their full year is going to be lower and that it is a downgrade. Yeah. So the stock got hit again. The reason why I was comfortable to hold it was that they hadn't come out with a downgrade and they were still looking for a full year forecast. So right. I think Newix definitely needs to look at communicating better with the market right. and so that we get a better understanding of what's going on. Um, it's a very interesting business. Uh, and look, certainly the Macquarie uh, brokers have made a lot of money, but then also potentially lost a lot of money for their clients as well. Right. It's a tough one. And it's in a space where tech has been sold off over the yeah. last three to six okay. months. So it's been tough. So if you're in it, what would you be doing? You've taken the hit. Do you hold on? I, th I think yeah. You, if you haven't sold, then yes, you, you got to stay okay. with it because they've downgraded. So potentially the, the that downgrade is in the price at right. the moment, but be cautious, be very careful and right. keep an eye on it. If you're not in it, would you get uh, in? Is this a buying opportunity? I'd or wait not? for full year results. Okay. 
I think that's confirmation. Yeah, I'd wait for the full year results. Jumbo, what about you? Um, so um, I'm on similar sort of page. I, feel, I believe this is a really great company. Uh, it's it's a company that is actually so rare for the Australian market. Um, you know, it is a tech, uh, tech and it's got those uh, SaaS sort of earnings, which is very stable. Um, yeah. It's got double digit earnings growth projection, if that's real. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it's got big government contracts. So it is a good company. And the story uh, seems to still be intact. The only issue is that, um, you know, things a certain issue has changed, you know, how they recognize contracts and things. Um, it doesn't seem major, but I think the biggest problem is the management aren't used to dealing with capital markets. So mm-hmm. they're not sure, um, you know, they're trying to leak bad news slowly, and that does create a perception that they're not on top of the issue. Um, so what they really need to do is just to take a cut and, you know, put in the most conservative estimate and then come out and say, look, we're going to get better from here on. Right now, they're not really giving that confidence. So yeah. share price perhaps it's not going anywhere. Certainly looks very cheap relative to its offshore peers. Um, but right now, between now and the full year result is that everyone wants to see, um, you know, the earning, it, what really went wrong and, you know, to show us yeah. the clarity of, you know, what happened to those contracts. Mm. And does that, does that hit your confidence in them for a while? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you must communicate to the market. You must be open and transparent yeah. and rip the Band-Aid off. If it's going to be bad, yeah. tell us, you yeah. know, w- w- we can handle it. And then the stock re-rates, gets back to a level and then starts to move again. So, yeah, it, 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 it does... Um, doesn't give me confidence in management. It is still, I'm confident in the business, but management, I think, is is where we we, we need to get more confidence, mm. and they need to have a better communication to the market. Yeah. Okay. Um, I currently don't hold the stock. We took profit in it, but I certainly feel this is something that I would pay attention and uh, look to buy at some mm. point. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you still believe in the company? I believe and in the company. Management. Yeah, that the management because ultimately, if a business is a good business, it is a good business, mm. and uh, can management communication can be fixed, but they're potentially it could be management change if the CEO, CFO is not strong enough maybe you need a different person but ultimately if it's a good business um, you're not really paying that much for it for a growth company so um, potentially it's worth a look um, I, I definitely think it's on the radar for a lot of investors okay. all right um, let's take a look at our stop of the uh, stock of the day thought we take a look another stock that's been really hit hard in the last day or so e-commerce player Redbubble came out with an update yesterday saying it's planning to be a $1 billion plus revenue company by 2024, but it would have to sacrifice its profit margins temporarily. Investors not liking the announcement pushed its share price down, diving more than 23% at the close to $4.24, its lowest price since November last year. Uh, We'll be speaking with the chief executive at 1.30 this afternoon on The Pulse for a but please explain from uh, the team. Uh, Jumbo, what did you think of the announcement and and Redbubble at the moment? Yeah, um, uh, okay, uh, structurally, long-term, I like Redbubble very much. And right. to com- compare that whole entire e-commerce um, place, Redbubble is actually the, um, you know, one of the... Um, uh, higher growth, um, you know, structural growth drivers that's drive its earning over the next five years. Uh, and it is global and, you know, 70% of business yep. come from US. So there's a lot of um, growth, room to grow for this business. And it makes the highest margin within the whole e- 
e-commerce platform. Now, what, what's gone wrong with that whole sector is that we've seen Kogan today, we've mm. seen Temple and Webster the day before. So all of them, they are cycling yeah. some really, really strong numbers. And, wow. you know, they pull forward the growth for the next um, three years um, in one year. So the earning doubled. And what you have to do is that to spend and all of them have talked to that high expenditure. Um, I think they will all probably get to a billion dollars in a few years time. But the mm. margin certainly is going to be lower because last year you have so much revenue growth, you didn't have to spend much because people yep. can't go to the shops. So that is the indigestion at this point. Will I be buying it at this stage? You look, Kogan's down 10% today on the back of, again, similar sort of issues. Mm. Um, I think the earning revenue number will look pretty weak, cycling those 100% growth over the next six months. Um, share price perhaps isn't going to rally away, but Redbubble is the one that I definitely will look to, um, to build position. Okay. Mm. So would you be buying it at these levels? Not or? yet, no. too early. Right. The bubble has burst, yeah. potentially on that one. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was my last yeah, yeah. joke for the day, everybody. No, my last no, joke. No. All right. Um, <laughs> look, it's certainly uh, COVID tailwinds is what this the, the market's readjusting to at the moment, um, and it's very understandable that that you know Red Bubble is coming along because, as Jumbo said, they didn't have to do much. They've actually said now that they're going to uplift their marketing spend by another sort of 12 to 15% of revenue. So that's going to be another earnings drag on the business. But also when Jubei said 70% of their business comes from the US, remember our Aussie dollar has been quite strong. So mm. in that bringing back, it also hurt them as well. Right. So there's a couple of factors in there that you've got to be careful of and understanding of. It doesn't look like too bad here. It's sort of $4.30. There's a bit of support there back in September, October. So, you know, it could sort of hold here. It, it's a hold from me because I'd, I'd, I'd want to see full year or half year re, the reporting season to get that going. Um, margins, everybody, this is a growth business and every metric that they hit was above, you know, double, triple what they, what, what was the, from last year. But the problem is that the expectations of the business was a lot higher yeah. and hence then the downgrade came in. So yeah. growth company, Yes, doing very well, but didn't meet expectations, and hence we've seen this fall. Yeah. So it's a hold for me. E- easy to disappoint, isn't it? Look at oh. that, got to six bucks last year. That's a, mm. Yeah, it's been mm. massive. I've had a little bit in my super fund. I got in on the float, so it's been going it's really been well. But, but then seeing the drop yesterday, I thought, mm. Mm. Well, but uh, ultimately, it's actually they're making a much better business, more sustainable. The margin of 10 to 15% is still very high for yeah. an e-commerce business. Well, Face Mask was their biggest seller, yeah? That yeah. must obviously be paring and back a fair bit What's now. amazing about this platform is that not unlike the Temple, Webster and Kogan, there's only really just one category. So, you know, just consumer electronics or um, yeah, okay. furniture. Whereas this one, they started off with T-shirts, print on T-shirt, mm. and they got face masks. Then they, 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 yeah. every time they add a vertical means the additional growth. So I actually think this one has very sustainable growth mm. and it's much okay. cheaper than Etsy uh, yeah. in the US. So I think this one looks okay. um, very attractive. All right, let's get into the stocks that you want us to uh, have a look at. And uh, Peter wants a view, Jumbay, on Macquarie Group. Uh, Pete says the share price is near the all-time high. However, given the good financial results announced last week by uh, JP Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America in the US, I might, uh, I think that maybe Macquarie might announce financial results ahead of market expectations on May 10th. Peter, you're obviously really invested in Macquarie Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may give investors a short-term opportunity to buy into the stock before the announcement. What do you think? 
Uh, I think um, at this result, um, the likelihood of significant positive outperformance probably not as high. They right. just upgraded their earnings uh, uh, in uh, twice in the last yeah. in the last uh, three months. So um, you know we know the result will be pretty good. Um, the yeah. freeze in the US and the like. So uh, things are going pretty well for them. Uh, one potential um, positive, um, or at least things that they could talk to, was potentially the new X previously when share price was really high and they could sell down and all of that. But that's positive catalyst probably is coming on. Mm. Um, I think um, it will be reasonably neutral result. It'll be a good result. Um, I think, you know, market activity has been really, really strong, mm. um, but everyone tracks that very well. Um, currency will impact them a little bit, um, but perhaps not in this result. It's really over the next financial year in terms of currency. Um, I think this is a great company. I love this company. So whether you time to buy before or after, you know, honestly, buy I'll be buying it. <laughs> yeah. Just buy it. Uh, right. yeah. so I mean, it's a core these levels, yeah. yeah, it's a core holding in the portfolio. Right. I wouldn't be taking profit. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the performance of short banks, and you know, they all had a really great result, share price fell, and everyone's like, oh, maybe it's done. It's not done. Yeah. <laughs> um, this company is well leveraged to what is happening globally in terms of recovery um, in economic activity, as well as uh, investment into all that renewable and all that space. And yeah. this company is very le yeah. leveraged to it. It's uh, not really just a bank, is it? It's oh. sort, sort of yeah. like a private equity business Absolutely. Uh, tied in with a bank. It's very, if you call it a bank, it's very entrepreneurial one. Mm. Commodities traders, yeah. they've got everything. They've got yeah. sort of fingers in everything. <laughs> and I, The I, common I, theme is you've got to make money. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think Jumba is on the money with the sustainable uh, investing that they've got and the oh. US infrastructure build that Biden is mm. going to look to with their mirror business, the Morikori infrastructure real estate asset business. Um, that again is I think somewhere where they're gonna get a lot of growth. Just to give you some numbers on that, um, they have now increased their equity investment in green energy to a billion dollars this year versus uh, for four years ago, which was uh, 200 million. Right. So they've really seen that as an opportunity and they're gonna really push towards getting that. So Macquarie's is a classic under-promiser, over-deliverer, yeah. right? So they'll come out to their results and they'll say, look, conditions are going to be a little bit soft. We think that this, you know, and they sort of temper the market, <laughs> but then always come out and beat those expectations. So it's very smart on Shamira and what they do. And this is a, a house view that they always do that. So I think that which may be the likes of UXs and the red bubble should take a leaf out of <laughs> correct. the Macquarie yeah. playbook. Correct, yeah. correct. So I, I think it, the, the result will be broadly in line with expectations. And I think potentially it's priced in, but this business will continue to do very, very well, no matter if it's a bad market, a good market or an in-between market. Mm. I think these guys know what they're doing. So it's a buy. It's okay. always a buy yeah. for me. And another thing is that Macquarie, in terms of conservatism, they already always carry those assets at book, at book value. Mm. So right. that means, you know, New X, as an example, their share price went through the whatever, the carry book value, that's the initial investment value. Uh, even share prices come off, it's still they made a lot of money. Right. So, you know, that's how they manage a lot of their earnings because they're very conservative in okay. accounting for them. All right. So tick there, Peter. Doesn't really matter when you buy. Um, you don't need to do it uh, before the announcement at all. All right. Um, Adam, Gabby wants a view on Magellan Financial Group, which yeah. is coming under a bit of the focus, sort of the rock star fund manager that seems to have got bigger than Ben-Hur and maybe yeah. that's pulling down its performance. Well, I think it's an Aussie dollar that's pulling right. down the performance. So I think that's something that you've got to be aware of. Stronger yeah. Aussie dollar, 
I think most of their portfolios, Visa, MasterCard, eBay uh, in the US. So yeah, we, we've seen that and, and potentially, you know, that base there I think is, is, is looking a lot better uh, going forward. It, this is all about inflows. Fund management inflows, mm. and Chumbo knows all about inflows. So um, we have a lot of it. no, we're not as much <laughs> as Magellan. Uh, the, the 2021 quarter, March quarter, they did 1.1 billion dollars worth of inflows, which is oh. pretty damn good. But it was a little bit below expectations for the market, which was 1.8 billion dollars. So that'd be nice, to, wouldn't it, be to get that on a quarterly basis? So um, that, that's huge. So a lot of the other um, uh, fund managers are getting outflows. These guys still continue to yeah. get those inflows. Okay. And then it comes down to, is it institutional inflows or is it retail inflow? Now, retail, you get more money. You get you get a better bang for your buck. Uh, Insto is a little bit, you know, they, they don't charge as much. So Insto inflows with 346 mil, and then certainly the rest was retail. So again, it's lots of that retail money coming in that they make good oh, money. I think it's a great business. It's got a great name. We always know that these high flyers never stay high flyers forever. So you've got to be a little bit cautious. But I like it down here. Pays a good dividend. It gives you that international exposure on the Aussie market. Got a great name. Still getting the inflows. I think it's a buy. Okay. I'm happy with it. I, I try not to uh, comment too much on my fellow fund managers. But, whereas I can. Whereas I can. But I do come across them often. Look, but the thing is, uh, one thing about fund management and flow, um, you know, the fund flow and things, money coming in, is all um, pretty much based on what your performance look like at the moment. So, so there's probably about three to six month lag. So the oh. reason other fund managers have done very okay. poorly, so the uh, other fund managers, because their performance, they all value fund, mm. the performance being really poor. So they all had outflow. But just in the last six months, all these value funds, we all know they have done very well. So the performance is coming back and all of them have started seeing good inflows. Um, actually, they stopped the outflow and then you start seeing the sign of the inflow. Right. Now, Magellan, the issue is that because they, um, you know, obviously the growth fund and things, yeah. so things hasn't been great. But I think um, inherently as a fund manager, we're paid to pick stocks. Um, they have made the decision to have a high allocation to cash. Now, obviously, timing market is difficult. Um, not many people have done it consistently correctly. Um, you sometimes get it right, sometimes get it wrong. It's probably 50 50. Mm. So, um, obviously, they made the wrong call with the market now rallying away. So, that has hurt their performance. So, that probably means the inflow is going to be a little bit tough in the next little while, next six to 12 months. Um, so, on that basis, um, your earnings probably too high. Um, and then the multiple is on that performance fee basis. So, your performance mm. fee probably will go in the next 12 months as well. So, right. it just look a little bit hard in terms of earnings at this one. Um, it's a sell for me. Okay. About other fund managers. All right. Um, didn't she do that in a really nice way? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're crap. Silver. <laughs> yeah, all right. No, but they have made the good investment. So, you know, that's uh, Baron Joey that's yes. starting. Yes. I think so. But the, it is, is a co investment from them and also the uh, the, Barc um, the, yeah, the Barclays yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. So, okay. I think that will, that will be very successful. Right. They're also going through a really transition transformational mm. side of things they've cleaned up a lot of their other smaller funds mm. they've rolled them all into one fund which is now listed on the asx mm. so you know there's sort of a bit of a transformational side of sure. the business yeah. here um yeah okay yeah all right uh next stock uh Jumbo, not row it's uh, an etf rodney wants a view on the beta shares global sustainability leaders etf <laughs> Normally, ETF is really uh, um, Adam's uh, uh, arena um, <laughs> because I'm an active fund manager. Look, it's got the right title, <laughs> <Yeah>. sustainability. <laughs> um, and branding's I, good. 
That's right, branding's fantastic. Look, I all I know is that in the US in the last um, few years, five years, oh, probably not, probably last two years, uh, 40% of the ETF fund flow has gone into sustainability ESG related um, thing. Yeah. And that's going to only going to pick up. And I yeah. think uh, with a title like that, <laughs> um, it's absolutely in terms of performance, <laughs> we can see the chart over there. Um, you know, BetaShare does manage good um, ETFs. So, um, you know, with the sustainability focus, I think it will attract a lot of flow in this one. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So you're just buying at these levels? For me, it's probably a hold, you know, like right. a, as an active manager yep. to say buyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for, for me, uh, I really like this and I use this for clients that come to me because we're getting more and more clients coming to us with ESG or I want something green. Ethi is a way that I get my international exposure right. for uh, clients like this. And then the ASX one, which is a beta shares one, is called FAIR, F-A-I-R. So Ethi is the international. They've got 38% um, of its portfolios in IT and country specific, it's 72% of the portfolios in the US, right. okay? And guess what? The top shareholding is Apple and Tesla, right. okay? okay? So it, it gives you a way to get exposure to those kinds of companies on the ASX via an international side of thing. And then what I do is then I pair that with a FAIR, F-A-I-R, for the Australian side of things, oh, and that's okay. the Australian ethical uh, basket as well. Clients. And that's a good basket as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So they take out pornography, gambling, tobacco. They do all the screens, make sure they've got enough women on the board, those kinds right. of things, and then they uh, allow that to go through. So, um, you know, one could argue that Apple potentially isn't that ethical, uh, but, you know, it, it, it meets the screens and the criteria mm. and obviously perform very well also. So yeah. uh, it, it's a good one. But, yeah, for me, uh, it's a buy. Ethi is right. a buy. I use it for my clients' portfolios to get access to that sustainability side of things on the international side. Okay. All right. Um, Adam Aaron wants a view on Pantoro, a Australian gold miner with its Halls Creek gold project in the Kimberley being the major focus for it. But uh, other projects include the Norseman gold project, Mary River and Grants Creek. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I hadn't really seen this one before because obviously I stay in the larger end. Right. So uh, Northern Star is my pick at the moment. Evolution and Newcrest are sort of my three that I go to. So right. me looking at a smaller gold company um, is, uh, is difficult. How you rate a gold company, what you look at is how much gold have they got in the ground? How much does it cost to get them out of the gold out of the ground? And then how much can they sell it for? Yep. Pretty simple metrics. Um, at the moment, all in sustaining costs for these guys is $1,644 an ounce. That's Australian. Uh, it's Australian. Yep. So gold price is $1,800 US. So it's probably about, you know. $2,200, $2,300. Yeah. Australian yeah. Dollars. So it, there's, there's $400, $600 worth of profit. And then how many ounces can they do? Um, so. At this moment, they're, they're, they're quite, I don't think, is it exploration? I think it's exploration. Yeah. yeah. So, um, look, um, I think this one is a hold for me. I don't usually get into the smaller end and I usually look at management as well. So, I'm, I didn't get to look at management on this one. Um, I don't know too much about it. Um, but all in staining costs isn't too bad. Newcrest is the better one. I think it's under $1,000 to get an ounce of gold out. So that's okay. really where you get right. your, your value for uh, on these gold companies. Um, yeah, it's a hole for me. Okay. 
And I think I'm on the same page there. Mm. And uh, um, but it's probably I, I I won't be investing the smaller gold um, business. I probably stick with the bigger ones like the Northern Star, as Adam talks to. Yeah. Um, just a sm- the gold, look. Gold exploration is always very tough, um, and uh, you know very prone to um, act, um, issues. Um, accidents and issues and um, disappointments so um, you know for a smaller business um, you know you, you really need a track record of the um, executive and the management um, and um, as well as you know really really good reserves so I think that's probably too high on the risk spectrum for me right yeah, yeah. Um, we had and uh, let's move on from uh, Pantoro but just talk about that gold sector yeah uh, generally that lower end of the market we had a Fairly controversial fund manager on um, last Friday night on uh, the last call, yeah. basically saying that all of the low end, he would say 80% of the low end of gold explorers um, are just, you just can't believe anything that they put out. Right. <laughs> Probably also because... He, he, he was that damning on it, said there's so much skullduggery at that end of... You know, we've mm. got a tenement next to this. Neurology. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> next to this one and yeah. that one. And um, he just doesn't trust any of it. I, is, I, is that, is I, that too harsh uh, for him to say something I think there's like a that? very high level of truth. Um, yep. Look, uh, honestly, like it, I don't know if you watch those programs, like not Opal Hunter, you know, those gold yeah, hunter on those <laughs> shows. Uh, it's literally sometimes just a couple of guys with a van, like, you know, with a truck. Yep. And, yeah. and then they've got a couple of machines trying to dig something and they're probably next to some you know, uh, previous gold exploration place yeah. and hoping to get some, <laughs> get, get some, yeah, yeah. dig out some gold. And some, I think sometimes very close, those business may be very close to what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. I, I was a bit shocked when he said it because mm. I, I thought, really? It's mm. sort of, and he goes, no, 80%. There's a lot of mm. WA stories going out there and they love those sort of ramping. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't say it too much, but like they, don't, they, they enjoy that sort of 300, 500% ramps and yeah. then stock comes off and they sort of, reconfigure these things they get in early reconfigure these restructure get rid of the old shareholders uh, okay. put a bit right. of uh put some tenements out right. there say yeah mm. we've got some gold and then it just you know sort of people get involved with it mm. but you really got to know management management yes. are the key mm. and if you get comfortable with what they're doing and you know there's a couple of guys that you can follow who are the next sort of gold miners and they look very good that's probably a better way to right. do it okay um but yeah we've got a lot of two cent gold stocks on mm. our market that shouldn't really be there yeah. and in fact if the gold price was not at 1800 or two three or whatever is aussie if it was at a thousand dollars they would not be able to run their businesses right. it wouldn't be viable so they'd be mothballing uh, yeah deposits okay. around the world all right um jimbe nick wants uh, a view um a mining stock with the difference this one, basically Deterra Royalties. And Macquarie have just upgraded it today, I think, or, or yesterday, because on the back of the iron yes, ore boom. Um, it doesn't mine a thing. It basically takes royalties from uh, other companies that are uh, mining their deposits. So basically, this is a mining company that is just a whole bunch of accountants. 
Would that be <laughs> would that without a geologist in sight? Would that be fair? Or I think it's very fair. I think it's very fair. Look, they just uh, you, you get a dividend out of it, um, yeah. and uh, it it gives you that good. Uh, it gives you um, iron ore exposure, and you get paid a dividend yield, and that's about yeah. it. There's no risk of production and or very no. low risk of all of that. Um, but uh, look, you know, uh, it's this, a really so, interesting business, is that? It's interesting, but it's not cheap, right? So because right. Um, because or you get you don't have any production, you don't have any capex and anything just get dividend that's linked to completely to the iron ore prices. Yep. Um, so you know if you're super bullish iron ore prices, um, and this is one to be in. But you know iron ore prices sitting at 170 above mm. price. You yeah. know, so for it to go to 250, 189 dollars the <laughs> yeah. other day. Yeah, that's uh, right. A ton of a ton of iron ore. Fortescue you can make it for 12 dollars. Yeah. So. Ton. Honestly, I think if you want to play iron ore, you probably might as well go into the likes of Fortescue or Mineral Resources even. You know, yeah. these two, yeah. Mineral Resources give you a bit more lithium exposure as well. So mm. these two are very leveraged as well. And Fortescue will pay a big dividend too. So, yeah. um, you know, that's that's probably a better play than just sitting in the passive vehicle. Okay. So this was a spin out from Iluca. Mm. These guys uh, had this business and it was it was doing well, but I think Iluca needed to obviously concentrate on a mineral sands business. And so yeah. they spun this out. It's a new listing. And look, it's done okay for, for shareholders. Um, there has been a couple of businesses in the past that have tried to do this. Ah. And, and it just hasn't worked because they've been on a smaller scale. Right. So these guys have got BHP in, in part of that royalty stream. So yeah. obviously then, yes, you're going to get these decent royalties coming through. Um, it is all about iron ore. I think they do have some gold and some other. I think there's about three or four companies that they get royalties from. So there is a bit of that diversification. Look, you're not going to get a huge amount of exploration uplift when you go into these businesses. And as you can see by the chart, it is going to move sideways for a while. So look, if you want a way to get exposure to mining, but don't have the volatility and the commodity price movements and those kinds of things, this is a great little business for it. Um, there has been some speculation that there potentially might be a takeover on this one, and that is speculation, everybody. That, that, that is not fact. Um, so it could be one that you could look at. I'd happily buy this one. I think it, it, for a, a lower risk uh, investor, okay. I think it is quite good. And as you say, uh, Macquarie's got an outperform on it, and they did raise their price target the other day. So look, it looks okay. So everybody keeps saying, oh, iron ore price can't go up any further. It keeps going yeah. up, $189 a tonne. Uh, that's why Josh Frydenberg mm. and the federal government is sitting pretty at the moment mm. because they're going to come out with a budget that is just going to knock your socks off in terms of the upside mm. because they, iron ore, of course, our biggest export, they have valued it in budget forecasts for this financial year at $55 a tonne. So they've had 12 months at 150, incredible. 189 is mm. incredible. All these mining royalties. Well, even at a blended spot rate, like it's not all at $190. No. So no, even no. if it a blended. Ford excuses. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, you know, that maybe that's 120, 130. Yeah. So it's still massive. Can, can I stay there? Are you, are you still oh, bullish on the iron ore price? <laughs> Look, I, I think it, it looks okay. But, you know, just to be mindful, overall, you know, everyone talk about global growth is going to continue yeah. to drive the prices higher. Look, iron ore went up really high because of China was expanding last year. Uh, everywhere else shrunk and China grew its economy. Now, China is now one of the first economies has been, last six months, has been tightening its credit. So tightening all the stimulus mm. they put into the mm. economy because they've been growing. So, you know, as everything else, 
else growing up, China is going to slow down. So in my view, and China is in the process of transitioning its economy from heavy investment into more consumer um, right. oriented thing, which is going to be more sustainable. Yep. And on that basis, uh, it's just very hard to see that price to sustain, you know, for 12 months. Um, but not to say, you know, in the short term, there's mm. speculation, everything will keep that high. Um, you know, even if it stays at 150, all the miners have probably come up great um, because oh, right. everyone's assumption is probably sitting below uh, 120. So okay. that's where you see the okay. earnings still going to grow. Yep. Yeah, and China. dividends. That's right, dividends, absolutely. But remember also China is trying to become themselves uncoupling from Australia. Mm. In the next five years, there's a massive Indonesian mine that's an iron ore mine that will come online in the next four to five years. And that will take a little bit of supply out of Australia. Still, right. it won't be as big, but it, you know, they'll be looking for other sources to mm. get some yeah. cheaper, lower grade iron ore to mix yeah. with ours. So, yeah, just mm. slap us around a bit. Yep. All right, uh, let's recap our first five stocks. Stock of the day was uh, Redbubble, uh, a note from Jumbay, a hold from uh, uh, from Adam Macquarie, uh, a yes from both. Uh, Macquarie's all, already in the calls portfolio. Uh, Magellan, a um, um, a lovely polite sell from Jimbo <laughs> and a yes from Adam. Uh, Beta Global Sustainability um, ETF, uh, a hold from Jumbo, a yes from Adam, uh, who suggests you pair it up with the local Beta Share Sustainability one, which focuses on, on local companies, um, FAIR, F-A-I-R. Uh, Pantaro, a uh, no from Jumbo, a hold from uh, from Adam, both of them prefer the Northern Stars of the World, Newcrest Evolution at that higher end of the, the gold mining stock. Uh, Deterra, a no from Jumbay, a yes from Adam. Uh, here at the call, we've been following our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner, Navtrade. Um, any of the stocks like uh, Macquarie, who get two thumbs up from our expert panel go into the portfolio if they come up again like Macquarie did today even if it's in front of a different panel uh, and still get two thumbs up it stays in the portfolio if it doesn't get unanimous approval it goes out let's see how we've been going uh, up roughly half a percent for the week five percent for the month and since the first of July 31 percent uh, some of the stocks that have been recently added, DeGray Mining, uh, Southern Cross Media, Yoji, uh, Globe and CSL. Some of the stocks that have been removed, Newix, ALE Property Group, Webjet and Premier Investments to check all the companies. All the stocks in the portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And as we said, the Red Bubble Chief Executive coming up. Uh, at 1.30 this afternoon Eastern after the company's third quarter earnings miss but showed revenue recovery. Market's been pretty scathing on the share price over the last 24 hours. So we'll see what Michael has to say to hopefully rebuild confidence in the stock. That's at 1.30 Eastern right here on Ausbiz. All right, let's get into uh, the second five stocks. Jumbay, uh, Connie wants a view on Crown Resorts which is certainly 
hasn't been out of the headlines for about six months, has it? <laughs> mm, that's right. It's been uh, speculated almost every second day. Um, now that we've, it's been speculated, there's a second buyer, um, which is not a surprise. The Crown owns some of the best assets, um, yep. the gaming asset around yeah. uh, Australia. And these are assets, uh, in a way, it's almost infrastructure-like. They uh, they are very hard to come by, and uh, they're worth a lot of money um, just for its position and the like, um, not to mention some of the properties that they do hold as well. So it's yeah. certainly worth a lot of value. Um, I I think the initial bids for Crown um, it undervalues the business. Um, it certainly is very opportunistic, and they know it's opportunistic. So you will have a higher price coming through. Um, I would, as an investor, I would look through the current noise coming from the regulatory front. Um, you know, clearly they will uh, Crown is um, have this path to regain their license, and obviously other investigation across other states yeah. should be addressed. And I think Crown is fully, um, you know, uh, working very closely with the regulators on how they. And, it. and their biggest sh shareholder, mm. um, James Packer, mm. seems to be willing to follow mm. the path so that Crown does keep its license. That's right. Yeah. And also, now that you have so many interested parties, there's people coming, uh, Otri the other day, um, offering mm. Crown the flexibility of buying back the uh, Packer's stake. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so they have so much flexibility on to, uh, to maximise what's the best return for shareholders. So uh, even at the current price, I think it's still worth, um, worth looking into. Okay, so you're saying a buy at $12? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, know. Uh, we, we know Pack has been a seller of this business for a while, yeah? So there's no yeah. secret that he's potentially been shopping this around. Blackstone's $11.85 takeover. It was a premium, a 20% premium. But now with the market at $12.10, I suspect the market feels that there's going to be another bid or mm. there's going to be a higher bid and hence why the price is above that. It's obviously opportunistic. They're doing it at nine nine point four times range, and Crown sort of historically trades on a range of sort of the seven point nine to ten point six. So it's wow. definitely in that sort of opportunistic side of things. Um, you know, and I remember Jim Bay talking about this three months ago, four months ago, as a reopening trade, yeah. and I scoffed at her. Yeah. Um, I have to say sorry because you were right on this one, <laughs> because yes, uh, it has done very very well in that reopening side of things. To be honest, when the buying opportunity in this business was when the government came out and said, we're going to stop the casino from being opened and we're going yeah, to do yeah. the Royal Commission, that was the time to buy this thing because we all knew that, yes, there's going to be issues and lo and behold, there's there's uh, money laundering. Who would have thought in a casino? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the time. It's sort of under 10 bucks, $9, something yeah. around. That was the time. Up here... I'm potentially a little bit cautious because of that takeover premium that's in there. Mm. Um I'm going to back you. It's a buy. Yeah. Mm. I think you probably need to, it might take six months. So, yeah. you know, it's something that's not going to rally away with the rest of the market, right? Because it has done quite well. Yeah. Um, but you will, I think the final bid price is somewhere between 13 and 14, might be even $14 in yeah. front of it. So okay. you okay. have right. a bit of upside, but you okay. probably have to be a bit patient. All yeah. right. Mm. Okay. Um, Adam, Greg wants a view on Cluey. This is yeah. an education technology company, basically personalized online tutoring and education for school students. Might use for my uh, daughter. Only, uh, only recently listed, yeah. end of last year. Yeah, and there's another one coming on after oh. this one being listed. There's another one that Macquarie's, uh, it was in the fin today and we've, we, right. I saw them last week coming through. Um, key, keystone. Yeah, keystone. Key, is it, key, yeah, is keystone it, or keynote? Keystone. Keystone. Yeah, the uh, one provide online um, uh, for courses for universities. Ed, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Cluey is in the low, kindergarten to year seven, mm. year six. 
where these guys are going to be the sort of university side of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's year 12. Sorry, it's kindergarten to year 12, mm-hmm. Chloe yeah. does. Yeah. And these guys are in the other side. Actually, looks like quite an interesting business, the one from Macquarie. Um, it's got some good backers. But anyway, here to talk about Chloe. Um, look, I, I think this one, it, it has a place in, in the market for something like this. I, didn't re- I haven't really looked at it. But really, it's all about how you can get these customers to sign up, and then it's about uh, that revenue or, or ARR going forward. So is this like online tutoring mm. yeah. for your kid? Yeah. yeah. So Which I, is massive in Asia, isn't it? There's huge yeah. tutoring conglomerates there because mm. every parent uh, wants their kid to be the new sort of Einstein. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I could. we should use it for my daughter as well. She's hopeless at maths, and we've had mm. one-on-one tutoring for years, right. and... You know, it's never really worked. So, um, you know, so I think, you know, potentially people will look to this for that. Student numbers are pretty good. They've got 5,848, which is up around about 144%. So, look, it's not too bad. And they're still on track to meet their prospectus forecasts. Mm. However, for me, this is a new business. And we always say this, it's a new business. You need to do a lot more DD in this before you make a decision on it. I like this space. Uh, and it's now expanding with more and more of these ones coming in there. It's a hold from me because I need to do more work on it. Okay. But broadly speaking, if they can meet their prospectus forecast for full year 2021, you should look at this one quite seriously. Mm. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, if, you know, usually early stage businesses, you, you need to back the management. Uh, so the management has amazing track record. So he started, I actually forgot his name. So, um, so there's a founder and CEO of this business. He yeah. was the one that started Seek Learning. So oh. he started a business and he sold it to Seek. And then yeah. he started another business in New Zealand, I think. It's, a, it's quite, quite a large business, very famous. And then he sold it off to another one. So he has a very good track record of building those successful learning, uh, digital learning businesses um, and then selling it, um, making profit for stakeholders. So mm. um, very good track record. I think even their board looks really good. Um, I think, you know, the, uh, the Thorny, they had an investment. Uh, they were on a board oh. as well, early so stage investor. Yeah. yeah, so, um, so you know, it, it's got everything looks really good um, and uh, they were the largest before COVID they were the largest and probably one of the only online uh, tutoring services in Australia yeah. um, the, the only dynamic that's changed which we we'll probably still have to see how the dust settle is that because of COVID no one can have face-to-face um, tutoring so all the tutoring companies in Australia pretty much have the online uh, mm. version of it but it's very different these guys are built like the um, you know they have the right algorithm they have the right setup just for online whereas the other literally just have a zoom um you know you just talk to a teacher over zoom so that i'm not sure if it's effective so um so to these guys the industry online industry has grown significantly but the, so has the competition right. so you kind of need to see how the dust settles in the next 12 months on whether the large tutoring people are just going to take um share away or you know their algorithm will really shine i think you know that that will actually probably make them uh, to become the market leader once they can demonstrate how strong the algorithm is to you know help the uh, right. tutoring process to go sure. well yeah so you'd be i'll be watching my wait yeah i'll, I'll be waiting uh, yeah to see yeah. how that's right okay but the right. management is very impressive all right okay well that's that's where where it all starts mm. if the management has uh, a track record of making money for its investors and shareholders always a good sign i it? always feel if the next 12 months the earning does disappoint so this you probably want to buy it oh, yeah okay um because mm. um yeah so i, I that's your opportunity yeah, yeah that's the opportunity mm. rather than right now the earnings not rebased a bit like those yeah. e-commerce guys you want the earning to rebase mm. and then you'll okay. look at it yeah all right 
Uh, Jumbo Liam wants uh, a view on uh, on Shryo. Um I sort of always think of this as a mini Breville, um, <laughs> isn't it? The kitchen appliances, consumer products, they're mainly into barbecues and uh, the Neil Perry Kitchen by Amiga is one of the things they do. Heston Blumenthal as well. Uh, yeah. Heston Blumenthal. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're into the barbecues as well as uh, a few third-party ones as well. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Look, I think they, they, they were in the right place in the last 12 months. Yeah. Things has been going really well, that whole appliance space, a bit like Breville. Um, yeah. I always feel, um, you know, Breville is very focused in what mm. they do. And then right. they have had a good execution Correct. around the globe. And then the future markets are enormous because, you know, the US and Europe and Australia. Whereas this one's a bit of, a, a bit of everything. Um, no. And it's in the right space. So earnings done really well. But going for in the next 12 months and future, I kind of felt like I struggled to really see the proper uh, growth strategy beyond COVID. Um, right. And also when things does fall off a little bit, you know, when people go out, I don't know, not stop barbecuing, but maybe appliances will, will start cycling some tough comps, um, earning my struggle a little bit. So I'd much mm. rather, if you want to hold that appliance, that space, just go buy Breville. Uh, even Breville probably will cycle some tough comps, but that is a high quality business. Right. Yeah. Okay. So That's a no. Yeah. yeah, this one's been around. I, I, I don't know, if Gotham, if you've got the chart of the longer one, of how long <laughs> this thing's been around. There we go. Um, look, it really hasn't done much. Yeah. Like, it, you know, yes, there's a bit of trading down there at sort of, uh, you know, sort of the 48 cent mark and, you know, potentially the dollar 20 you could have got. But yeah, it, it, it's one that hasn't really done much. These guys uh, do Casio calculators, Casio watches. Oh. Um, okay. As well as the barbecues. Right. So okay. that, that's to Jumbo's point. Yeah. Breville had a laser focus, coffee machines, juices, those kinds of things. Yeah. These guys have got barbecues, Casio calculators, Panasonic music, um, uh, DJs. Like, there's this whole sort of range of things that they've got, which is great because you've got diversified earnings and the revenue was certainly very, very good. And the earnings last year were, was 18 mil. This year was 32 mil. So... Uh, profit was from six and a half to eighteen point two, so moving in the right direction, and even paid a seven cent full year dividend. So again, everything's there, but it just doesn't get the market excited, and and you yeah. need that catalyst to get the market excited. And I think this one is is a no from me as well. It's just been around so long, and I don't know what would get it to that next stage. That's a really impressive figures, and as you both say, mm. share price has done nothing as a result of it. So it shows. Market doesn't have much commitment to it. Um, a company, uh, Adam, that the market has a, <laughs> a lot of commitment to. to yes. uh, Duncan wants a view on uh, JB Hi-Fi, one of the darlings. Well, did you tell me that that per wasn't. square meter, they have the highest sales in the world of any retailer? No, it wasn't me, but I'll, I'll definitely use it's that phenomenal. next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love JB Hi-Fi. I missed it at $2.50 on the float before it was Brashes. I always said to myself, I would do this and I would get into this <laughs> thing. And even at $20, I thought, oh, probably too expensive. Let's not get into it. And look, here we are today at 50, yeah, 50 bucks. So look, it's a fantastic business and, and consumer the consumer sector has done very, very well. Everything from Bunnings, everything from, you know, sort of the Kmart, the Coles, they've all done well. Harvey yeah. Norman's done well. They've all done well. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, because the, the, the key for that sort of last sort of ratchet up in the share price is, is that nobody's been able to travel. So well, I've been looking at this, my crappy TV, or I've been looking at this, I've got to go and get, you know, I'm going to get the latest iPad or I'm going to do it. So 
you know, I'm not spending 30 grand on a trip or for whatever you spend. Look, I'm going to buy some new devices for the kids or something right. like that. So I think, again, that post-COVID tailwind uh, is, is doing well for it. Do I buy it up here? I, I've missed this the whole way through. So I'm not an expert on this stock. So I'm going to say it's a hold. If you've got it, right. absolutely keep going. I don't know if this thing's going to do any better. I suspect it probably will. Right. But um, I've got it wrong, so okay. I'm going to bow out of the hold. I'm a hold as well. and But uh, probably similar to Adam. Um, I actually, no, 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 unlike Adam, I'm on the other side. I'd be in and out and in and out right. and in and out yeah. so many times yeah. trying to time it. Um, look, this is an incredibly well-run business. Um, mm. It does generate very high sales per square meter because, you know, they, they use their space very efficiently, mm. hang mm. those small things on the side and, you know, yep. they all generate sales. Um, yep. It's an incredible business. Business. It is quite mature. So uh, the COVID period has gave them a significant tailwind. So the earnings were very, very strong. And I think they will update the market at the Macquarie conference in a couple of weeks. So it would be pretty, pretty strong. And perhaps the earnings not going to fall off um, as quickly as some expect in the next 12 months because right. people are still spending, consumers are still strong. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a hold. I'm not buying it at this stage. It has done incredibly well. I think, you know, there's, there's other better opportunities over the next 12 months to allocate your capital, really. In retail? So uh, this seems to be a common theme that I'm getting, not mm. just JB Hi-Fi, but retail in general, that mm. it's a sector that is not going anywhere. It is mm. a, the same thematic that uh, everything was uh, brought forward. Mm. They mm. don't have the same tailwinds. Is there any retailer that is going to buck that or are yeah, they yeah. all the same? I still look at there's still retailers that will be exposed to the reopening theme. So uh, the Premier, they will expo they will have a bit of reopening. Uh, Lavisa, Lavisa mm. is the one mm. I would have thought um, share price mm. actually hasn't done as well yeah. as the others um, because it's done well throughout the period. Yeah. Uh, but because the stores were shut um, and right. and people okay. couldn't go out and uh, Lavisa's um, trinkets is very leveraged to people going out to events, um, mm. cinemas and these sort of yeah. things people buy these sort of accessory so that will give you a good okay. tailwind over the next couple of years plus it has exposure to overseas markets you, you want exposure to the u.s yeah. so people will spend and good, those and good dollars. management exactly right. so i think that's a business that will have structural okay. long-term growth all you'd right. be buying that one instead that's interesting because i have a, probably a lot of the retailers have come up here mm have boosted themselves on their online mm. sales yeah. and probably they won't hold up, but it's the the ones that are dependent on foot traffic going into their shops, mm. which probably are the... Going to be the beneficiary uh, of it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, our final stock is Premium um, Jumbay, which is uh, basically an administration platform, isn't it, for financial services, wealth management bunch of things like that. That's right. So a bit like the likes of Hub and NetWealth, yeah. they're all kind of in that same space. This yeah. is a little guy, so um, and it's been doing quite well. And mm. because it's small, so that means the growth is uh, has been quite meaningful in terms right. of flow. Uh, we've seen a good update out of uh, Hub, out of NetWealth, um, yep. and I hold that. I think that whole space certainly looks like the growth is um, is growing very very strong. Um, I think structurally, um, you know, with the large guys struggling, such as the the AMPs and the others, um, you know, in terms of flow. Um, these these guys are definitely taking okay. share. Now, the biggest issue um, f uh, in the last three months was the uh, the renegotiation in terms of the interest rate. Um, yeah, the cash rate, what they get paid. And NetWealth was, NetWealth and Hub was quite exposed to it. Correct. So NetWealth has come out and said, look, it's going to be lower. So there was an earning hit. So share price 
fell, but that's all in the price now. Yeah. Uh, premium, I'm not sure how much exposure. I don't think they have that significant exposure to that. Yeah, they they're do, but bit, they've yeah. renegotiated they're for another renegoti- six months. So okay. they've got a little bit more runway time to, to yeah. get that under control before that happens. So sure, yes. yeah. yeah, but it's in the market. Yeah, so people correct. are already expecting those uh, weaker margins, but the revenue is growing phenomenally. So I, I, I like those businesses, I think, to buy. Okay, so this is this is the smaller one mm. in that that sector. So, That's right. so the big boy it can it can compete effectively against the big boys. It's, it certainly seems so. Um, the the flow numbers been very very strong. So mm. we think mm. it's up and coming, and the okay. market is enormous. Even the big boys are uh, not that big compared uh, to the, the traditional um, oh, you know okay. big large um, wealth yeah. managers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which now has all been very much. Paired back, so MLC, NABSEL, mm. Westpac have got uh, Panorama. Mm. Um, they're potentially going to sell that. Mm. Um, you know, Commonwealth Bank, I don't think really got into that space. But premiums are a really interesting one. And, and I think that we've seen consolidation in this industry and I think we will continue to see consolidation in this industry. So Hub took over Explore. Mm. Um, Power, uh, premium has taken over PowerApp, which is another smaller player. And we're just going to see more of that consolidation. I think NetWealth did something as well. Uh, they've taken over something. So, you know, the big guys, how are you going to get growth is either organic growth, which they're putting, you know, $10 billion uh, a year onto the platform. Mm. But you're going to get that also by acquiring some of these smaller ones. I think premium is, is, a, is a target for some of those larger mm. guys okay. because they're not going to be able to get the growth because the Australian market is quite mature mm. and they can't really go for the bigger panoramas because it's just too many problems going in there so they'll look smaller hubs taken over explorer and that's actually done quite well the only reason why premium hasn't been taken over is they went out many many years ago and bought a uk business or they've gone to an international uk business now that is finally now starting to break even so i think that's been the sort of the bell around their neck sort of carrying them down a little bit over the last coming couple of years and potentially this would have been taken over if they didn't have that uk asset in there so now um, that operation is moving closer to break even, and it just had a loss of two uh, of two hundred million dollars. So, it, you know, it's it's smaller loss compared to the overall business. Premium we use in our house at Shore and Partners. We use their back end facilities, and it is a very good facility going forward. So, they give us lots of uh, SMA technology, and they give us lots of other stuff as well. Right. So, I think this is a buy as well. I really okay. like it. One for the consolidation, but two to make sure that you've got access to some of these other sort of non, it's non-financial, but a financial product. Right. Um, and it's interesting on that cash side of things, they used to make a bucket load of money out of it. And what they used to be able to do is that you weren't, you weren't able to sell a stock and then buy, the, buy another stock the same day to Contra. So what you'd have to do is you'd have to sell the stock, that money would then sit in their cash account for mm. a day and then you would be able to buy that stock, right? right? So you couldn't contra off. So all of a sudden, you've got this massive amount of money just moving in for one day and then moving out the next day. And that's how they made their margins on this cash position. And obviously, interest rates have come off, so they're having to renegotiate that. But that's a really clever way of them keeping those earnings moving forward. So if you've... Because NetWealth and Hub have both had a really good run. Stellar runs. So if you've missed that run, this could be the next one. Yeah, I think the market still thinks there's a little bit of some fleas on, on the right. business so with the UK that UK and yeah, there's a couple okay. of other things in there. But uh, it, it will get sorted out and the cash flow remains sound, balance sheet's good. 
Um, I think the outlook remains positive for okay. business. All right. So uh, a yes for premium there. Um, let's uh, run through the final five stocks. Um, a yes from Bochum Bay and, uh, and Adam on Crown. A hold on Cluey. Wait to see how it goes. It's only a recent listing. See what happens with its first year results, if it gets it or not. Uh, Shryro, a no. Uh, a hold on JB Hi-Fi. Um, um, in that retail sector, a, a more promising one to look at at the moment is LaVisa and a yes on premium. So today we've got Macquarie stays in the calls portfolio, Shryro comes out, uh, and Crown and premium uh, go both in. So very productive day for the calls portfolio. <laughs> Jill Bailey from Tribeca Investments, good to see you. Good to see you, thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming. Adam Dawes from Shaw, always great to have thank you aboard here on the call. That's our show for today. If you've got any stocks that you'd like our expert panel to take a look at, uh, put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or uh, tweet us at TV for all our Twitter followers. And of course, uh, Friday's version of the call is live on Twitter. You can get it every day by uh, going to the Ausbiz platform or downloading the Ausbiz app. A reminder of where to find the calls uh, portfolio, all the stocks in it, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And uh, if you want a uh, wrap up of the day in business and finance and markets, you've got to subscribe to the Ausbiz newsletter. You get Scuddy's view, you get a link to the close of business podcast and links to all the most popular interviews and videos of the day on the Ausbiz platform. Subscribe osbiz.co forward slash the COB. Uh, coming up on the Startup Daily Show at 2 p.m., that's the show that looks at all the private equity, private businesses, uh, startups, scale-ups, venture capital. Uh, today, amongst their, um, the interviews from the team, Andrew Burt, as he launches a crypto wallet piggy bank for kids. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show. Um, at 2 p.m. Now, for viewers watching us on Twitter and Facebook, switch over to the app or the website, and we'll be back after the break. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.